1: Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up
0: there. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's baseball betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, getting you set for game three of the World Series between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. Series tied 1-1. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, with Action Network senior editor, Colin Whitchurch, Action Network senior writer Sean Zarillo. Game three pitching matchup but colors cinder guard for game three phillies are an underdog zarillo at home plus 110 over at bed mgm and the astros are minus 130 astros currently the front runner as well for the series price at minus 175 on bed mgm plus 145 for
3: the phillies total sitting at eight runs <laughs> your thoughts for game three so i'm at houston around 60 percent before the series to win the series after game one, push Philly to about 59%. After game two, tied 1-1, going to Philly for three games, have Houston at 57%. That's about minus 132. If you're looking to bet the series price. If you don't have futures on either side of it, I would say the Phillies are the value side to about plus 144. If you do have few Phillies futures that you're looking to hedge off of here, I said that you would be able to find a better price on Houston after game two than you found before game one, and it is moved about 20 cents relative to where it was before the series. So if you're looking to hedge out now, this is the opportunity I said that you would have at a better price. I'm not hedging personally just because it's not my style. Don't want to dilute the ROI on my ticket. But if you do want to hedge, now would be the time because these next two pitching matchups are pretty rough. For the Phillies, anticipated, obviously, Game 3, we're getting Cindergard and McCullers, but then Game 4, presumably, Ranger Suarez going against Christian Javier. I'm very high on Javier. And Suarez puts the Astros in their superior split. As for Game 3, both teams are going to be back in their lesser split offensively here. I discussed before Game 1 when b- both teams were facing right-handed pitching. I do favor... The Phillies' offense, ever so slightly, advantages to the Astros in terms of bullpen defense. Starting pitcher is fairly obvious. We will go into that deeper in a moment, though. In the bullpens, Ryan Presley, Rafael Montero both worked in both games for the Astros. Every other pitcher worked in one game at most thus far in this series, but everybody got the day off yesterday. The question is how the managers are going to handle game three, knowing that they have to play three days in a row particularly the Phillies with Sindergaard. Does he just go once through the order like he did in that elimination game against the Braves or potentially does he try to go deeper? Does Thompson push him further because they need to try to save their bullpen? So how the Phillies handle Sindergaard, I think is going to be intriguing. I would probably avoid betting his strikeout props. If he gets shelled early, they may just leave him in and let him eat it and try to get the bullpen saved for a day. If he's keeping it close and competitive, they may yank him and you may get an under hit when it looks like he's pitching fine. So going to be a bit bizarre in terms of how they use him. He is much better against righties than lefties. 384 expected FIP against righties this season, 4.9 against lefties. So those at bats against Alvarez and Tucker are going to be crucial. Probably do not want him facing them more than once each. His velocity, all of his underlying metrics dip this year relative to pre-injury levels, velocity down three and a half miles an hour throwing lots of sinkers. You're going to want to target haters who hit sinkers well. Alvarez and Jose Altuve would be the guys who stand out against sinkers. On the other side of the matchup with McCullers, mostly curve slider change from him. He throws his fastball about as infrequently as any starting pitcher in baseball. And when he does throw it, it's a sinker. Historically, he has reverse splits, but he's been throwing his Slider way more often of late. Where traditionally he used the curveball until last season, and that's what caused the reverse split. So I actually think he can normalize his splits. If not, pitch well against both righties and lefties by using the curveball more against lefties. But the guys who stand out on the Phillies side in terms of having success against the sinker slider combination that McCullers uses or Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins. So those are the two guys I'm going to look at in terms of prop betting. In terms of my projection and how I would bet game three itself, the Astros for the first five innings was the one thing that stood out. I projected that at minus 134. I like that up to about minus 125 for the first five innings and for the first three innings as well. I've seen some better numbers for the first three innings for the Astros than I've seen for first five, and that doesn't make any sense to me since Syndergaard may only be in there one time through the order for those first three innings. So the first three, first five for the Astros, both up to minus 125. And then once Syndergaard comes out, if there's some early scoring, I'm going to be targeting a live under nine in this game as well.
1: Okay, very good. Minus 125 for the first five available now at MGM. First three at minus 130. So that is something to monitor. And that's that might be a reflection of Noah Cindergard and what kind of leash he may have or not have in Uh, How long of a leash that is, of course, for uh, Game 3 on Monday night. Colin Whitchurch, how about yourself? Same two questions. Where you're at processing this World Series and how it may affect betting Game 3.
4: I have much less to say about the series as a whole than Zerillo did. I have a pre-series bet on the Phillies. My mindset going into the series in a potential live bet was if the Phillies were able to win the first two games behind Nola and Wheeler, that would have been the time for me to throw some. Houston's way, likely at plus money with the two positive pitching matchups in game three and four. Obviously, the Astros won game two, so throw that out the window. I'm riding with my pre-series bet in that regard. In terms of game three, I am equally fascinated in what Rob Thompson's going to do with Noah Syndergaard, I think when we came into this series, we all assumed Ranger Suarez was going to get game three. Obviously pushed him back to game four. I don't know if that was a preconceived idea or if it had to do with the fact that Suarez pitched in relief in game one. That was conceivably what would have been his bullpen throw day anyway. But I trust Rob Thompson entirely with what he's done With this pitching staff, I think that he has been pulling all the right strings all series long. We always talk about the unquantifiability of a manager's impact on an individual game. You know, I came to action from baseball perspectives where we look for ways to quantify literally everything you possibly can. But a manager's impact is one of the most difficult things to quantify because once the game begins, they only have so much control, pinch hits, strategic uses, bullpen use and and starting pitcher matchups. um, That's essentially it. And Thompson has done everything right in that regard. I think that his value to the Phillies has been about as stark as you can imagine from a manager. I mean, I know people talked about this a lot, toward the end of the season about the difference between Thompson and Girardi and Oh, did the players play harder? Did they just enjoy being around Thompson more, but he just really seems to pull all the right strings. And in starting Syndergaard instead of Suarez here, I think what he's saying is I want my all hands on deck bullpen day to be with my bullpen as rested as possible. Obviously he didn't know how game two was going to play out, but the Phillies ended up only using Bilotti Brogdon and hand out of the bullpen is only a low-stakes reliever. Brogdon's only a low-stakes reliever. Bilotti, we've seen kind of as a piggyback from a starting pitching standpoint. But with Syndergaard in there, they had Sunday off, Saturday none of their key relievers pitched. Going in to Monday as full strength as possible behind Syndergaard is going to be fascinating. We saw, you know, a lot of people have compared what the Phillies have done and what Thompson has done to what the nationals did a couple of years ago with their mix and match bullpen because it struggled a lot during the season. They found the hot arms. They brought them in the right times. Thompson's done plenty of unconventional things using Jose Alvarado in the fifth inning. That's just not something you see managers do very often. So what's he going to do behind Thor? One thing I'm sure of is that I trust Thompson to pull the right strings. Having said all of that, <laughs> I still... Think the Astros' offense and the pitching matchup of McCullers versus Syndergaard slash whoever they lead they come in after Syndergaard is enough to play the Astros on the first five innings. I'm with Zarrillo on that. I also am going to be really interested in how the Phillies' offense can do against McCullers. Zarillo mentioned Schwarber; really great matchup for Schwarber against McCullers and his pitch mix. McCullers actually started against the Phillies back at the end of October. Looking back at those lineups, they were relatively similar to what we're going to see on Monday night. And Schwarber did take McCullers deep. Obviously, you don't want to dig too deep into pitcher versus hitter individual results because they're not that telling. But looking at Schwarber's full-time success against McCullers, and also the fact that he had a home run from about three and a half weeks ago, really like him. I'm going to be looking to play his props. Big time on Monday night, but again, McCullers, I think, has a big enough edge over whatever Philly does with its bullpen situation that I like them to minus 125 in the first five innings. I am going to take the bait, however, on a total that is higher than we're going to see the rest of the series. We saw these six and a halfs out there with these Sterling pitching matchups. It's eight right now on the full game um, because it's Syndergaard. Versus McCullers. And I'm going to take the bait and take an over here just because I think the Phillies do match up well against McCullers. We saw the Astros bullpen get hit hard a little bit on Saturday night. I know they only allowed, um, you know, a couple of hits and unearned run, but Montero was getting tagged pretty well in that outing, throwing 33 pitches. A lot of them just happened to find gloves. I think the Astros bullpen is starting to show a little bit of cracks, and that's going to be big as the series wears on. And also like Zarillo said, how much is Dusty Baker and Thompson going to manage this with the understanding that they have to play Tuesday and Wednesday as well? So if things get out of hand for either side, we could see some more low risk relievers enter the game. So I like the over eight here. I'm staying away from the first five total, but Astros first five full game over eight. And if things blow up early. I might look in at a, at a live under as well. Like Zarilla mentioned, try to middle a little bit. It opened at seven and a half. Any chance we see some eight and a halves come out
1: tomorrow?
3: Yeah, it's possible. If there's that much action going to the over, but nine being a key number, you can move up to eight and a half more easily than you can move up to a, a nine, I would say. So wouldn't be that surprised if it eventually moved to an eight and a half. I haven't uh, dug into the umpire specifically, as significantly and i haven't seen a weather figure that i'm going to put on this game for tomorrow so i may move it up or down depending on the weather uh but yeah i my weather neutral umpire neutral total was about 7.8
4: okay. it's uh first two games have both gone over also for the record game two went over in heartbreaking fashion if you had the under with a uh two outs in the ninth inning error by yuli guriel letting that seventh run cross home plate um but yeah, so they boosted the total for game three. I, and that is such a square. I, I'm the first one to admit that's such a square play. You see the starting pitchers. It's nothing like Nola, Wheeler, Verlander, Valdez. So you're like, oh, yeah, and over. So I I, I don't blame the public for that. And I'm I'm taking the bait. I think we're going to see runs on Monday night.
3: Well, it's also the park switch. There's about a 10% differential in terms of run scoring environment. So that's about a half a run. The pitching matchups is about a half a run. So, you know, I could see how you would get from a six and a half to a seven and a half. Um, Getting up closer to an eight is where it's a bit more difficult. That is going to determine, again, based on parking or on on weather and uh, park factor with the the umpire. But, um, you know, I think we both talked about the phillies being aggressive with the bullpen usage and that is where the live under angle comes in if one team gets out to a 6 nothing lead yeah i wouldn't play that but if it's 2-2 early and you know it's going to be competitive i'm much more interested in the live under
1: Zarillo, excellent point. I'm happy you brought up the ballpark. I was going to ask you that because, again, we are at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia Monday through Wednesday. Anthony DeBundo will like this. It's not going to be too cold, Anthony. So if you choose to go to a game, you won't have to bundle up that much. It might rain Tuesday. There is a chance of rain Tuesday. I'm not sure what time of day. But temperatures are going to be as high as 67 Tuesday, 70 degrees sunny on Wednesday, and the chilliest will be in the mid-50s. Monday night, 48.
4: Yeah, as of right now, on our Sports Insight Ballpark Weather Report for Monday night, we're seeing about a four to five mile an hour wind blowing straight out to center. So not that strong of a wind. And and it might start raining as we get later into the night. 15% chance of precipitation at 8 p.m. Up to 28, 30% at 10 and 11 p.m. So- Weather is definitely going to play a factor in Philadelphia. Let's just hope, if nothing else, hope we get these three games without a roof in, without any delays or postponements. Mm-hmm.
3: We didn't handicap what we think the most commonly seen Halloween
4: costume in the stands is going to be. Hmm. Oh, boy. Well, the fanatic, the or Gritty. I'm going to go with Gritty. It, it has to be
1: easy to dress up as like Jason Kelsey of the Eagles. You know, these folks are growing out <laughs> their beards
4: bring a jersey, shave well, your Brandon head. Brandon Marsh, we might see some Brandon Marshs out yeah. there. I mean, he's a he's a fun Halloween costume to be. Mm. I uh, and last
1: thought, I mean, I think this home field advantage, these fans are absolutely insane as we know in Philadelphia. If if it's a tight spot and there's guys on for the Houston pitcher, I mean, look out for that too. I mean, the the, the human element, of course, factors in in these pressure situations.
4: Um that'll be fascinating to see. So, very few teams as uh experienced in those spots than the Astros as, as a counterpoint. But I but I agree with you overall, Brendan. I guess if Hector Neris is out there in a key spot with the vitriol spewing from his former home organization, that could be interesting, though. Good point. When you're in the World Series for a fourth time in six years, you got to feel for this stuff, I
1: suppose.
3: Something that is a real angle is the Astros with their spin rates inside versus outside, home versus road, uh, you know, the pitcher grip... As it gets chillier here later in the fall, outside versus a controlled environment stadium that they have at home, there is just a bit of difference there. So if you want to talk about something that is not maybe quantifiable in terms of home field, but something that would actually be a difference for the Astros pitchers, I think that is one.
1: Hope Aaron Boone's not listening. He might have complaints about the roof um, again. All right. Well, as a reminder, we are with you each day during the World Series. We got your preview for Game 3, so we're good tomorrow. But we will be with you Tuesday and Wednesday this week on Payoff Pitch to get you set for Games 4 and Game 5. We're going to have a Game 5, I know that for sure. Off day Thursday, if we have Games 6 and 7 in Houston, we'll be joining you on Friday. And we'll get a look ahead for a potential uh, game Seven. I think at that point we'll have an idea who's on the mound. But again, as we know, it's the final series of the year. All hands on deck. So who the heck knows what we'll see for Sean Zarillo and Colin Whitchurch, Brendan Glasheen. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. And again, all the picks available in the Action app by searching Payoff Pitch Podcast, Payoff Pitch Action Networks, MLB Betting Podcast presented by BetMGM. You all have a great rest. Uh, Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. See you later.
2: Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.